And we are live crunch time with Caitlin with the homie Andy. Andy, how's it going? Good I'm doing well. What's going on, Kay? Thanks for having me, friends. I love Hell this, yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited, friend. Well, you know, it's it's been a long time. Uh, long time overdue just to have, you know, a discussion between you and me. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, first things first, dude, you have entered the world of Cleveland Browns podcast. <laughs> I know. It's a large world. You wouldn't think it would be, but it's it pretty is, large. <laughs> it is ginormous. It um, is. So obviously, I mean, I think that's a perfect place to start your your brand new podcast, sure. not the same old Browns podcast. Oh, why did you yes. why did you decide to jump into the Cleveland Browns podcasting world? Well, I I thought about doing one for years, um, and I just never did. Like I probably first got the thought to do a Browns podcast probably geez, twenty fourteen, so seven years now, and I just never did it, and then. A few years back, I started streaming on Twitch uh, a lot, as you know, a very lot, uh, like over 3,000 hours on Twitch. Um, and that gave me the itch. And then I started another podcast on my friend Brian, which is a horror movie podcast. So I've been doing that like a year and a half, and it just felt like the right time. I feel like I, I've got enough ex like experience under my belt, per se, I guess. And it's just, you know me, man. I'm just super passionate about the Browns, and I love the Browns. And I love entertaining people. I always have since I was a kid. It's not that I necessarily like crave, like I think some people just crave to be the center of attention. That, that's not me. It's more of, I just enjoy making people laugh. Like <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. And it just felt like it was the right time. And we're, gosh, by the time this drops, we've dropped five episodes now. Um, you were on one of them on episode two it was. and, and uh, it's been fun. It, it's definitely, uh, there's a lot of Browns podcasts like we just discussed and I kind of want, wanted to do something that just wasn't, you know, more the same. I don't want to copy other, other people's uh, content. I, 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 I I'm, I'm not an expert analyst. Uh, I'm a knowledgeable fan. Um, but I kind of just wanted to create just a, an atmosphere where I have guests on, um, where we get, not only I get to know that guest, I want the, my, our audience to get to know the guest better. I think that's interesting because the end of the day, like, you know, like we just had Hayden Grove on from cleveland.com. I mean, there's some questions I asked Hayden and conversations I had with Hayden where he's not going to have those conversations at a lot of places, if anywhere. So that's kind of the environment I want to create and I want to have fun with it and just make people laugh. Yeah. That, I mean, that was kind of piggybacking off my second question of why you did it. And I think your podcast is super unique where, I mean, it is just hilarious. You get to, you know, listen to a ton of different stories. Like, you know, episode one, you have Steven on, right? Yeah. Steven who's, Thomas. Who's yeah. a comedian, yeah. like a legitimate comedian. You're talking about comedian stuff. You're, you could, I mean, you could tell, that I mean, it's just a different vibe, you know. Episode two. Yeah. I mean, I was on it along with Bob Evans and and uh, Always Positive Jay. Uh, yes. You just had Mitchell Fink on. Uh, you had, and then you know, when you want to have a a serious person on, you have someone like Jake Jake Burns. Right. So I think I mean I <clears throat> I love your podcast, obviously, 
I mean, you're one of my best friends on Twitter. You're one of my first yeah. friends on Twitter. Same, so my friend. It, it is just, uh, it's awesome to see, uh, you know, you have the amount of success that you're having. Um, episode, uh, five episodes in, uh, well, four published. Yeah. Uh, what did you expect? Like, did you, did you expect the the success or, I mean, just kind of speak on I that. Didn't, I mean, like, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it's definitely, like, it, you know, it, it hasn't, like, blown up. Like, you know, like, we, it's not completely, like, blown up. But I will say that the feedback that I've received on Twitter um, from people that I have followed and for years on Twitter, friends I've made on Twitter, um, just and then even some kind words from from people I just recently met on Twitter uh, that that found me through the show or what have you. Um, it's just you know it 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 it's definitely gotten off to a, a faster start than I anticipated. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm, you know, that's great. Uh, I, I'm glad. It seems that a lot of people are enjoying it. Um, and, you know, like Jake Burns was uh, who I had on in episode three. And you're right. Like, that's a that's a perfect example of an episode. Like, Jake's, a, you know, a, a X's and O's analyst. Uh, he's really good at what he does with the film breakdown. And we mix that in there in the episode. Obviously, I've got Jake Burns on. We got to talk about breaking, you know, the X's and O's and, stuff like that of football and schemes and stuff like that but at the same time you know i even opened up that conversation a little bit where it kind of went some other places that you won't normally hear on a, on a browns podcast because i feel like there's a lot of browns podcast that and i get it man and it's 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 a lot of listeners too that you know they just want to hear a 30 to 40 minute what's the recent news of the browns give me your opinion end of show and i get that that's the complete <laughs> complete <laughs> opposite of what i want to do my ep my episodes are gonna are, are running hour and a half to two hours long um sometimes it, it, i i definitely understand that's going to be long for a lot of people but the way i look at it is is i only drop one episode a week um if it's an hour and 40 minute episode you know, you have a whole week to listen to it. And if it's good content and it's entertaining and you're enjoying it, why wouldn't you want more of it? You know, what, 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 why would you only want, if you're enjoying it, why would you only want 40 minutes opposed to an hour and a half? So, you know, if I, if I was dropping two or three episodes a week, they obviously wouldn't be that long. But like I said, these, these conversations with, with guests get, they get, they're, they get a little bit, maybe a little bit more personal. We get to know them. Um, you know, because a lot of these, like I just had Hayden Grove on, which will drop on Wednesday. And, you know, he and I talked about, because he grew up a diehard Cleveland sports fan. And it's, I found that interest, what I find interesting about Hayden is, and a lot of other folks in the Cleveland media, is people who were raised Browns fans and grew up Browns fans and Cleveland sports fans, but now they're in the media and they, and there's a little bit of professionalism that has to come along with that. Right, right, right. You know? They can't just put on their fan hat. Right. You can't be up in the booth at uh, first energy fucking, yeah, come on, chum, yeah, where'd you go? <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't be doing that. So I find that interesting too. And Hayden and I kind of dove into that a little bit, um, a lot of other things, but yeah, that's, at the end of the day, I wanted to feel like two friends talking Browns at a bar and just bullshitting and just having fun. And then, of course, I ask some kind of off the wall questions sometimes <laughs> to lighten up the mood and, and bring the atmosphere that I want to bring and what, what, what I want to create. So 
so far so good um i've got to get better i'm nowhere near perfect um you know i i didn't go to broadcasting school or get a communications degree or anything like that i did however i studied i went to film acting school for six years in the early 2000s and i will say that acting training has definitely helped me with streaming broadcasting and, and podcasting for sure um i mean if you <laughs> if you can get comfortable enough to cry sob and scream in front of 40 people that you don't really know that should be able to somewhat give you a little bit of preparation for a podcast so right, 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 that right. that training has definitely helped there's no doubt it has helped with the comfortability factor i guess is the best way to put that and just basically you know talking to people that you have no idea who they are you know just kind of right. going in cold turkey you know kind of yeah yeah I, I i dude your podcast is awesome it's hilarious it's thanks it's so you have a great show too it, yeah, you do. I, yeah i mean i try to do like the same things you know I, yeah. I try to bring on people you know once a week where uh you know through twitter or whatever you know just kind of like hey what are your specific opinions on x y and z but also like you know, you're a part of this, you know, I don't even know what you would, this weird world of, you know, Cleveland Twitter where everybody, <laughs> it is kinda, a weird world. everybody kind of like, you know, intertwines a little bit, but then there, there's other people that kind of hate each other. It's, it's very strange, but I think, you know, what, what you have going, it's, it's, um, it's pretty awesome, dude. And I'm, thanks. And I've, I mean, I know I've told you like you, you're perfect for podcasting. You were perfect. You're perfect for, um, you know, Twitch. I mean, your Twitch streams were, were hella entertaining too. I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? And you just kind of bring, you know, I just bring, have, bring that like vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a very happy-go-lucky for, person. I'm an extrovert for sure. I like people, like a lot of people who, most people don't like other people. <laughs> I, I honestly love most people. I'm very easygoing that way. And I like to have fun. I like to laugh. And I like to make other people laugh. And it, so this kind of stuff you know, you know, from the acting training and just my personality, podcasting and streaming on Twitch and all that, it comes very natural to me. It does. And not to mention, I mean, I have listened to sports talk radio. Like I've literally listened to KNR since probably it, its origination. And I want to say KNR started in like 92 something like that you know i i've listened to sports talk radio cleveland sports talk radio predominantly uh for decades and i can't you know all the hours i listened it'd be ridiculous not to say that that's even helped me a little bit there's no doubt there's oh, no yeah. doubt it's just yeah. having that little bit of um you know inspiration or like yeah. you know, going back to people i mean shit when i was a kid when stl was first uh created i would watch Bruce Drennan every day after school. Absolutely. Because I mean, he was just, he was hilarious. He was entertaining. <laughs> I mean, we just saw it on my, or just last week when he's going off on callers, yeah. even oh, at his yeah. old age, he's still, he still got it. You know what I mean? Still it's got crazy. the goods, Bruce. <laughs> love you, Bruce. Yeah, he is, I, I love you, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, last question about, about your podcast. So, so where, I, I don't want to say end goal because you just started, but I mean, the, what is, what is the goal? for it like um, do you want to just like keep to yourself do your own thing or like you know maybe if if opportunity kind of uh, arises you know you could do something with somebody else 
I try to stay humbled and grounded with expectations like that, especially something that I just launched that's new. But sure, I, I mean, I'd like to get it out to as many Browns fans as I could, I guess. Um, I'd like, I guess my end goal is to entertain as many Browns fans as I can. That's, that's, really, that's really the end goal for me. Because if, if that happens, then, you know, that could lead to other things. Um, I enjoy – I enjoy – I definitely in the last three and a half years really, really bought into the content creation environment. And people have in the last year because of COVID. Right. Um, and I think, honestly, I think a lot of people re- are starting to, some people are starting to realize through COVID that how valuable content creation and digital media are. Like it's, it's saved so many people from, from going insane the past year. You know, pod, I know it has me, if not for all my podcast and YouTube, uh, YouTubers I enjoy, all that, you know, all those content creators, it's, it's a big umbrella. Uh, Twitch streamers, all that. Um, I think, though, you know, just getting getting the podcast out there the most the, the to the best of my ability and entertaining as many people as I possibly can. I mean, I would like to maybe eventually, as the podcast grows, maybe you know, team up with some other Cleveland sports podcast and possibly do a podcast network, something like that. I think that's a cool idea um there, there's a few already within the couple already within the community and they, they they do well and you know they do good at promoting their products and yeah i'm just i'm just having fun doing it right now and uh not trying to get too ahead of myself but i am having a blast doing it and and if any and people who enjoy it that truly truly means a lot it does yeah i mean to your point going back to your point of like you know covid and the lockdown and and driving people crazy or just finding something to do yeah. I mean, I remember your or you were the co-host of Alex's Draft Day podcast. Yes. And the live stream for Browns yeah. and all that. On YouTube, yeah. On YouTube, yeah. And I I was lucky enough to get an invite. You guys invited me and you know, this the squad, the gang was all there. But at the mm-hmm. end of it, I was just like, I don't it was like two months of no sports, no nothing for me. Like I had no idea. Like the first mock draft right. was that day was that day. I even looked at yep. one. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast, whoever listens to it, whoever. But it's just to, just to have my own sanity, you know, just to keep up with shit. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? No, I'm glad, I'm glad you started it because you know you're a shit. And, and it, it, you do. You're an, you are an extremely knowledgeable person when it comes to sports. It, you are. I know this. <laughs> I know this. I've seen it firsthand and had several conversations with you over the years and and I'm I'm glad you're doing it. I'm 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 actually kind of very proud of you, friend. Oh, well, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. So, my Browns icebreaker question: I ask everybody, sure. was one in thirty-one worth it? <sighs> yeah, I yeah, yes, sure. I don't know. I mean, that this is your opinion. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, if you consider where we are right now, yeah. How we got here is not ideal. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I actually just had a conversation with Hayden Grove on, on the latest episode about this. It, I equate it with the Shawshank Redemption. Um, we had to Andy Dufresne and the Browns included. Browns, the Browns team, the organization and its fans had to crawl through a half mile pipe of shit to come throughout, <laughs> to come out clean on the other side. Um, Sashi tore it down. 
John bought some groceries and Barry and Stefanski came in to, you know, complete the mission. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's so wild to me that we are where we are. The Browns, the Browns are where they are to where they were in 2016 and 2017. And with over that five year period, Caitlin, they went through three regimes to get here and each regime contributed to this turnaround whether anyone wants to admit it or not it's true all three played a crucial part that that being i'm I'm predominantly speaking of sashi brown john dorsey and and andrew barry so yeah yes to answer your question absolutely it was worth it was it fun fuck no my god (laughs) that 0-16 season nearly killed me because i still like like all of us i watched every game Yep. And God, I want I want him to get one dub so bad. And, and if they not had for Jamie, opportunities, you know what I mean? Oh, I know. And if not for Jamie Meter blocking a kick, they're going 0 and 32. 0 and 32. I mean, oh my goodness. Yes, but at the end of the day, to sit where we are right now on the brink of this, I mean, not on the brink, we're in the middle of this turnaround. And or the beginning of this turnaround, I should say. And I just yes. It's going to be worth it. When the Browns win the Super Bowl over the next three seasons, it's going to be definitely worth it. Yeah, I just said that. It's the first five-year plan that we actually saw kind of, <laughs> kind, right? of go, kind of go through the entire process. It's just nobody yes. expected that five-year plan, like you said, to include three different regimes. Yeah, I'm sure this is not how Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam drew it up when they no. hired Sashi Brown. This no. is not how they drew it up. It's how it worked out. But, you know, we got to, I mean, I ain't going to complain now. You're going to, I, it's impossible for me to complain now. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't. I I suppose the only other thing, you know, we see teams all the time in two, three years kind of have this drastic turnaround and go from last to, to, you know, playoff contender or, or Super Bowl contender. Uh, Do you think the fact that the Indians and Cavs were good during that time kind of lessens the blow? that, you know, kind of looking back on it was just like, hey, well, you know, it was worth it because LeBron was here. We were, we were in the finals every year, and the Indians were good, and everybody was hyped about that. There's no doubt that the Cavs winning the title and the Indians so close to winning a World Series definitely softened the blow of the 0-16 Browns, at least for me. It did. But, the, but at the same time, I did not want to be – part of that 0 and 16 stigma i just didn't go 1 and 15 you know or right. go go 0 15 and 1 <laughs> exactly exactly but don't go 0 and 16 but yeah it softened the blow a little bit i had gone my entire life without winning a title not only myself my dad my own my own father i mean he was he was eight years old when the browns won in 64 he, you know, he's as diehard a Cavs, Indians, Browns fans as, as I am. And I was more happy for him than anyone. And then the fact that, the t- that that game was on Father's Day was pretty crazy for me. It was pretty special. I, I didn't get to spend it with him, but um, damn right. We, we talked for hours after the game and before the game and all that. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's softened the blow a little bit because that Cavs title in 2016, that was uh, – that was surreal for all of us, I think. Right. And, I mean, it sucks that, you know, man, the, the amount of players we, I don't want to say let go, but, you know, had the opportunity to draft. I mean, I remember you were a big Deshaun Watson fan. 
I mean, you were I was. you were fuming that oh, they didn't I was, take him at twelve. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand. I mean, now it, it looks yeah, it looks it, look, yeah. it looks bad now. Yeah, right. But with everything you know, allegedly all the allegations he has. But um, if we're just talking just with that aside, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was um, yeah, I was live. I didn't understand it. Um, he felt because you took Miles Garrett, right? Right. And you you get you Miles, have twelve. You have twelve. So you have the opportunity to score a franchise pass rusher and a franchise quarterback in the same draft. And let's face it, there's no way Deshaun Watson should have even fell to the Browns in the first place. How there weren't other teams moving up to get him, I don't understand. Right. But, you know, I, I understand why they did it, but I still, to this day, it's worked out because we have Baker, and I believe in Baker, and I love Baker Mayfield. I still, at that point in time, I would go, well, hard to say now with all the <laughs> shitty But with all that bullshit aside, if, if he doesn't have all these off-field issues that have just came to light in the recent month, um, yeah, I, I, I just – but, again, that comes down to that was Sashi Brown, who was, again, I love everything he did for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he could be my team president any day of the week. he's a smart, intelligent man. He knows how to do a lot of things that a lot of NFL executives can't, or he couldn't even conjure up in their brain, like trading Bross Osweiler for a second second round pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so it's stuff like that. But I think, I think like that passing on Watson, that kind of showed that Sashi just, you know, he's just not an NFL evaluator, you know? And that's and at the end of the day, that's why he got let go. I mean, there's no other explanation. Um, they I can't wait to... for the revisionist history. Um, Hugh Jackson's new book to say that he wanted to. Show oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, Hugh, I, yeah. I would, I would think he would wanted Deshaun Watson. I would think. You would think. I mean, I know that they it love, they love Patrick me. Mahomes. I know that that they were going to take him at twelve. Apparently, I mean, that's well. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I know. See, I would have been. I even liked Watson. Well, I think Watson was my favorite quarterback that yeah, year. Yeah, that was your yeah, that was your. I favorite even, you know, you were talking. You were saying take him at one. Yes, I yes, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't quarterback you can't trumps no all. Yeah, exactly, you can't say no to a quarterback. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, I wanted him terribly. I thought I was like, man, we got to move up from twelve. And then when, when he fell to us, oh. I was freaking out, Kay. I was so excited. And then next thing I know, I see Houston's on the clock, and I just went, you motherfuckers. You sons of bitches. What are you doing? But it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah, and it's crazy that, you know, a freak injury, you know, he tears his knee up in in, in practice weeks after taking over as starter, and the Browns end up with the fourth pick and take Denzel Ward, you know? It's it's crazy. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it, it all worked out. Um, you know, I, Denzel, I think we all can agree, is in a, can be an elite corner. He just needs to stay healthy. But, but uh, no, it all worked out. We, we, we got Baker, and we got Denzel Ward out of it, too. So it's, you know, um, I don't I, – I, I'm definitely – I don't – I'm not – I'm nowhere – I don't even think I'm even angry about it anymore. How could I be? I'm yeah, not. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, it's all in the past, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I yeah. – that was the one thing during the Sashi Brown. There was a there was a handful of personnel moves and choices that Sashi Brown made that man, I was just like, damn, this guy. 
I love this dude. He's smart. You know, like again, that Osweiler trade. I mean, that's next right. level shit, man. But just because you can pull off a trade, you know, a, a a move like that to acquire assets doesn't mean you can evaluate, you know, NFL talent. And, you know, that's, that's what did him in, but yeah. My last question when it comes to the one and 31 era. Sure. You love Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I did when he was in college. Um, I probably bought it because he, he, what was the one year he beat Ohio state? I, um, I say he was like a freshman. Like he was a young, he was a young punk. Yeah. That, I think that's when he they were on uh, probation with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and and he came from a pro-style offense at, of Bill O'Brien that, that, that you mentioned. And I watched a lot of college football then. I still I didn't watch this a lot this past year because it was just such a farce. I just it was just a joke of a season. So, sorry to say, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but it was a joke of the season. Right. No, it was, was. a joke. It was a joke. Um. So, but I. <laughs> Christian fucking Hackenberg. Yeah, I watched him play a lot, and he looked good against college teams to me. Uh, he was big. He looked the part. Uh, big, strong, uh, um, pro-style offense. Uh, started. I mean, if you started as a freshman at Penn State, that's pretty impressive, man. Right. Um, even though they were coming – I think when he went there, that's when they were coming off the heels of the suspension, if I remember. It's, it's all blurry at this point, but um, – but yeah, I did like Christian Hackenberg and man, he did not work out as a pro. No, he did not. No, I just thought it was funny. You know, I, it was funny. It's, it's, he it's did one not. of our, that... uh, <laughs> one of our inside jokes, you know, you know, I, me, and Pat, and, me and Pat got hyped <laughs> over Deshaun Kaiser and you were banging the door for mm -hmm. Christian Hackenberg. I was <laughs> finally talking about good football, which is crazy, crazy even to talk about good football in Cleveland. Yeah. Last you season incredible i mean they make the playoffs covid year all that fun stuff my question and i don't specifically remember who who was your your head coach candidate that that you really liked the, the last go around when they hired stefanski i was i can't lie see i i were you mcdaniels like at the me? end of the day because I, I, I can't i can't remember. i was I, okay. I, I was i was because i thought mcdaniels just had more of a proven track record but at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, we're not, we don't, we're not privy to sitting down and meeting with these, right, with these right. people. Um, so just from, from afar. Yeah. And, and not to mention, yeah, I mean, he had worked under bill for how many years now? I mean, it, it's not the end all be all, but I got to think he's learned a thing or two. Um, you gotta, you gotta think he learned from his, his past mistakes in, you would in Denver, think right? That too, that too. So the one thing that was, that I'm always one thing with me though. And I think you've gauged this from me over the years. I usually roll with it, whatever choices they make. I'm, I'm, I'm not on, I'm not Brown saying like you fucking idiots. <laughs> this is bullshit. Like if they wanted to hire Stefanski, I was just going to roll with it. Right. And, it, how, and, and to be fair towards the end of that process, when I was reading more and more on Stefanski, it started to make a lot of sense. Right. Um, with his offense and the personality runs, how that would help Baker Mayfield and, 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 and bring out some of his talents, um, how it would help Nick Chubb. That was a thing, you know, this, 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 this zone blocking scheme that they run the Shanahan offense essentially is what they're running right. from, the, from a running game standpoint. The, you know, that started to get me a little excited and not to mention everything I heard about Stefanski was he was super intelligent, super bright. And, uh, damn good football coach so 
it's it all worked out. But yeah, I wanted McDaniel's at the time, and I'm glad I was not hiring the Browns' next head coach. Well, I mean, I think it's just great that you know Paul De Podesta, Mr. Baseball guy, yeah. finally got his Depot. guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't even call him Jonah Hill no more. He's Paul. He's Paul. Yeah, Deep. he's yeah. He's he, Paul he Depot, deserves man. his name. He deserves. Oh his name. yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> I will admit when they hired him, I was just like a lot of people like, what the fuck? We're bringing in a baseball guy. What is this? And I, 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 I called him Jonah Hill on Twitter for years and I don't anymore though. <laughs> and I mean, shit, revisionist history or not. I mean, he's been right about a lot of people. I mean, he was right oh, about God. Uh, uh, McDermott in, in Buffalo. I mean, that yep. was who he wanted before they hired Hugh Jackson. Um, he obviously he wanted, wanted Stefanski twice. twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said Carson Wentz isn't yep. a top 20 quarterback and, well, by golly, he's not playing wow. like one. You know what I mean? Who would have thought that? When he said that, I went, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, Poly Depot, man. I, I, I like Paul D. Podesta. He's um, honestly, in my opinion, deserves as much credit as anyone for this turnaround. And there's no doubt about that. He should get that credit. I'm sure he doesn't want it, doesn't look for it. But from a, from a fan from afar, I can see it. And uh, there's no doubt he has been – majorly influential in this Browns turnaround without a doubt weird that people were super upset for years that like oh he's not in Berea he's just doing things virtually (laughs) from San Diego and then look at look at everybody's virtual everything now see that shit didn't bother me at all because I I remember Tony Grossi when they were hired because Grossi was one of the people at the forefront like what the fuck we're hired a baseball guy what is this he's like I used to be working in California I knew that was all I exactly. Thank you. Because this past year proved you don't have to be in the same fucking room nope. to get work done. Y'all you don't. And I think a lot, this, this whole COVID is going to change businesses for the rest of the time, because I think a lot of businesses have realized that, Oh, you don't have to get up an hour and a half earlier just to come and drive and commute to work. You can just do that shit from home. And not only can you do it from home, you're probably a lot of people are more efficient from home. Right. They're more comfortable. They're more happier. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm very glad that um, Paul D. Podesta has turned out the way he has because he's he's done a hell of a job. Do you have a favorite moment from this past season? I'll just go regular season because the, the the first quarter of the playoffs would be would be way too easy. The first quarter first quarter of the Steeler game. Um favorite moment probably the i gotta go baker's comeback touchdown to donovan's donovan people's jones against cincinnati because if i'm not mistaken trying to remember here that was the week after i was starting to let doubt creep in about baker because that the week before that that was that was the pittsburgh game yeah so Going into that Cincy game, I'm just like, because we had already, Baker already played terrible in the ball opener against Baltimore. And gosh, did he play? And in his defense, everyone played terrible in, in both of those games the week one opener and then week six uh, at Pittsburgh. You know, Baker did not play well. Um, he knows that. And I was just like, oh my God, like this, is, this isn't happening. That's when I, that's the first time I started to let, shit creep in my mind that he might not be the guy but then he lit it up i mean he came out the next weekend through for five touchdowns if i'm remembering correctly <laughs> and not, not not to mention the game winner yeah i mean he started over five that game with an interception you left yep. our group chat yep when he did it yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I remember. I was so pissed because I was I was broken, Kay. Yeah, I was no, broken. I, I was broken. I, I'm like, no, this isn't happening. He has to be the guy. He has to be the guy. Like, and, and he was not playing well. He really wasn't. But, you know, in hindsight, COVID protocols, the COVID offseason, in a new offense. He was coach. Hurt. I mean, he had he broken ribs. That broken ribs. Yes. New OC, new everything. And it makes sense why he started so slow. It makes right. sense. And he put all of that in the rear view window because after that Pittsburgh game, he would go on for the rest of the season to, for, I think, 16 touchdowns and two picks. So, yeah, that was probably my favorite moment, though, that Cincinnati game. You're good with giving him whatever he wants when it comes to a contract? Oh, uh, if they want to sign him now and extend him now, re-sign him now and extend him, sure. Yeah. I think, I think you, I'll tell you this, if they do extend him now, it would be cheaper than it is from a year now, from a year from now. That's exactly what my whole thought process on, on Baker's contract. Mm, I, I get both sides of the argument. I'd like to see Baker do, Baker do it for a full season one more time in this offense. But if he does, <laughs> yeah, we're, it's going to be a lot of money he, with that ca- with that cap going up too. Right. If he comes out and balls out and plays like he did since that week six at Pittsburgh, and even improves upon that, um, you know, and takes us wins another playoff game or dare dare do I say like AFC title game or mm-hmm. fuck the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. If it if it goes far like that, I mean, yeah, dude's going to probably get paid. 35 40 million a year i would think i mean i I mean he should he should probably get 35 right now yeah i know i mean that's a going rate you know what i mean i know i know he's it's gonna be probably at least 40 so you know i I can get both sides of it if they're in no rush again if andrew barry doesn't doesn't do it then i honestly i'm okay with it because he's a smart dude right so if he signs him of course or gives him an extension hell yeah i'm gonna be excited but if not, you know, um, we have them for next year, no matter what. So um, even if that's just picking up that fifth year option. So, but I, I, w- I would expect, I would expect in the next 14 or 15 or so months that Baker Mayfield will have an extension with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, he's no. He, God, God damn it. He made it to the playoffs. They won a game. <laughs> okay. They didn't just win. They won at Pittsburgh with no head coach. They, they made Ben with no head coach and Ben, dude. They made Ben cry on the sidelines. Caitlin made him cry, weep like a maiden. They made him cry, and I was swimming in those tears, Kay. And you know what? It felt glorious. It's nice that the the shoe's finally on the other foot. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's what just crazy. It's, it's crazy. Okay, that, that was definitely my favorite moment of the season if we're going to count playoffs. There's no yeah. doubt. I mean, it's got to so, be, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. First that snap was an, going over his head. No, nah, no, nah, bro. No, nah, no. Nah. Listen, that that first quarter was like an out-of-body fuck, out-of-body experience. I didn't know what – I didn't – what? Like, like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Couldn't comprehend it. Because what's all, face it, usually if anything like that were to happen, the bad snap, first play of the game, 
the giving up 28 points in the first quarter and it was Brown Steelers involved. That's going to be this. It's always, <laughs> it was like, I, I tell you, Kay, I think that was, I really truly believe this in my heart. I think that was the full turn. That was the shift. And I think that's going to carry into next season, not only for the Browns everyday regular season and games and practices and all that, I think it's going to carry over into that rivalry with the Steelers. I think, I think it's shifted. I really do. I think that broke them. We're going to find out. I don't think they're going to be that good next year. I mean, I mean, they're probably going to be good. They're going to be decent, but I could also see a couple injuries happen. Uh, Ben's not playing well. Ben gets hurt again. The wheels could fall off. Come on, man. I mean, think about it. If things don't go well for them and they suffer injury injuries, they're not playing well. Ben's not playing well. And it's just, they're not clicking. I mean, they still don't have a running game. I don't know what the hell they're going to do in the draft. They haven't had one for three years. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I mean, if they're going to sit, sit back there and throw 40, 50 times with Ben a game, good luck, bros. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a chance like I, I, they're probably going to end up being like a nine and seven, 10 and six team. You know, I haven't lost all respect for the Steelers. I, I you know, but, or eight and eight, I think they're going to be eight and eight to six to, to 10 and six. But if the wheels fall off, I would not be stunned if they just all of a sudden become a six and 10 team, you know, or well, shit, six and 11. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the new extra. Game. <laughs> that is good gonna take me forever to get used to my yeah, god i, I kind of forgot about i just forgot about that yeah the 17 game schedule yeah so but yeah i'm looking forward to next year i can't wait man yeah i think that i think talk about the pittsburgh for just briefly i think they're in purgatory i think they're too good coaching wise and just yeah. too good of an organization to be terrible enough to find this franchise quarterback you know what i mean that you get yeah. if you have a top five pick I mean, seven and, nine, seven and nine. I mean, that, I mean, it sounds good for, for like, you know, if you're building that's some seven and 10 not, bullshit, yeah, seven and 10 bullshit. <laughs> so that doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same. <laughs> that ring. is some eight and nine bullshit. Eight and nine bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff. Six Fisher, and 11. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> you're better off just it's throwing so in a tie bizarre. somewhere. That that's some seven oh nine God. and one bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so, talking about some free agency, I was on episode two of your podcast where we recapped free agency, and we had yeah. news five minutes in. We did. Rashard we Higgins did. resigning with the Browns. Um, yes. I felt like we didn't really get your opinion. I mean, we all went around, but like. I mean that. I mean that's got to be crazy. Did you did you even expect the Browns to bring him back? No, because I didn't. I because I I was convinced he was going to get more money elsewhere, and he confirmed that that was the case. Right. But he just chose to stay with us for less money. So no, I the, I, I forget the the, he, the Jacksonville signed someone to like a three-year, $20 million deal. And it was, it was a wide receiver who was mostly just like a return specialist. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't think of the dude's name in my head, but I'm like, gosh. It, I mean, I didn't see how that contract was structured, but, I mean, it was announced three years, $21 million. I'm thinking Higgins Higgin, should be I able. mean, he's got to get five, six million. Yeah, a year for the next I thought years, it was right? pretty much sealed. Based off what, what these other players were getting on the market, 
yeah, I was like, damn. I mean, I wanted Hollywood. I wanted him back. Right. But yeah. I, I didn't think it was possible because, you know, they already got 30 million invested in two wide receivers. They weren't going to invest a shit ton more. But yeah, he came back for less money and I love the fucking dude for it. You're the man, dude. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, I think it's a perfect fit. You know, he know he's comfortable with Baker. He's comfortable in the offense. You know, it's just one of those things where he could show out, play really well and get paid again, mm-hmm. whether it's from the Browns next year or yeah. somebody else. Yeah. So, and he's still only what, 26, 27 years old. So it doesn't, you know, age yeah. really isesn't that big of a factor when he hits free agency next year. You know? No, nope. I think that's why he did it. Do you have a favorite signing so far of the offseason? John Johnson the third is probably it. Um, just because he, he just he's what the Browns so desperately needed. Um, I mean, let's face it, that defense we all know did not play well last year, but really it started in the middle of the defense. Um, you know, slot slot part of the secondary in the middle of the secondary. You know, they struggled. A lot of players were, you know, kind of next man up. You know, uh, Grant Delpit getting hurt really, really threw things off. They didn't have anyone really to uh, fill in for him. I mean, they had Sandejo, but Sandejo was supposed to be like that, you know, off the, you know, third guy, you know, fourth guy. Right. So, you know, John Johnson the third is the easy answer here because he's just desperately so much desperately what we need, what the Browns needed and and do need. Um, but I also I dude, I'll tell you what, man, I love Troy Hill. I always have. Duke and Paul, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of his game. Um, athletic, got got a good 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 burst to the ball. Um, I think I think they call it uh, what are the one of the analyst kids call it click and close. He's got a good click and close. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's what those analysts, the Jake Byrne motherfuckers, say. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but yeah, I think uh, addressing the secondary, um, which was definitely our biggest weakness, um, I, I'm happy with it. But uh, I'd say it's a nice little tie between John Johnson the third and Troy Hill because they. They both fill that middle of that defense and predominantly the secondary, the middle of the secondary that was the biggest problem with the Browns last year. The Browns defense last year, I should say. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I ranted about it almost every episode talking about the Browns, how yeah. 23 is just god-awful. And, you yeah. know, they, they have nobody back there. You know, they put two, put, put all their eggs in the uh, – the, uh, the Grant Delpit basket, unfortunately, got hurt. They did. So I was for, if they wanted to, and they obviously didn't, but I was for, hey, here's your out if you didn't like what you, if you didn't like Joe Woods. Were you okay with them bringing him back? Yeah, absolutely, because his four two five, especially they're, they're running out of the dime so much. Um, he just, I don't know what his defense is going to look like because he didn't have the horses. Now that you throw in a John Johnson the third, you throw in a Troy Hill, and I'm gonna almost guarantee that with one of their first two picks, they're gonna take another corner. Oh, they have. To. I will be stunned. They will be. I will be stunned otherwise. And it's obviously, I think it's gonna be an outside guy. Once we see Joe Woods' defense with some real horses and some real players, and not poor Andrew Sandejo just thrown into the <laughs> fire. Um. 
and you, I mean, like we had practice squad players and playing in the playoffs, in the playoffs yeah. for fuck's sakes. <laughs> so, you know, I can't, no, I'm not surprised. Cause I think he, he's, he deserves to come back now that we have more talent there. And I, and I'm, t- I cannot stress enough what an impact John Johnson, the third and Troy Hill, both are going to make. Mm-hmm. And if, after we get, you know, what's to say we snag a, I'm just going to throw off a corner off the top of my head, Sante Samuel Jr. in the draft. If you were to throw those three players into this defense with a greedy Williams back, with a Grant Delpit back, um, and we're still a sieve in the middle or just it, there's lots of issues still happening. They're still giving up a lot of points. They're still giving up a lot of big third, key third down conversions. If that bullshit's still going on, then yeah, after next season, then you can reevaluate it. But yeah, I think Joe Woods 100% deserves another year to see what he can do with some horses. Right. I think, I, I guess my only thought was, hey, historically awful anything should get you fired. And giving up 26 of 31 on fourth down conversions last it's year. It's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. I mean, you, pretty I mean, terrible. That's, that's the name of the game. I mean, you like. Trace McSorley convert a third and long on that Monday night game to set up that mm-hmm. uh, comeback from Lamar Jackson. And then obviously Chad yep. Henney, third and 14. Yeah. That will live Very in similar plays too. Yep. Lord have mercy. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, no, I, I was like everyone frustrated with the defense last year, but let's see. Let's see. I'm sure Joe Woods learned a lot too. Right. I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm a, sure. Year of experience under his belt, a year, you know, of play calling underneath his belt. So I, I think, um, I think we'll know more. We'll know more. We'll, we'll, we'll know a lot more about Joe Woods after next season. And I'll tell you what, one, another reason I'm hesitant to like just castrate Joe Woods is I love his style of defense. I like the scheme. I like what he tries to do. Um, I think it's the right defense to play in today's NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, a few years back, that San Francisco secondary, man, they were, yeah, fucking... they were, they were really good. Woo! And he was defensive coordinator yeah. and secondary coach in Denver when they were winning Super Bowls and yeah. they were really competitive after exactly. Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, retired. Yes. So, I mean, he, he's, he's been involved with good defenses wherever he's went. Let's give him some horses. He's going to have some horses. So yeah, I'm, I, that's the thing I'm most looking for. That to me is one of the biggest questions going into next season what's joe woods's defense gonna look like with all these new horses you're on clowny watch and you've been banging the banging the the table oh rich davion clowny oh. to come to cleveland oh. oh 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 yes i want clowny badly i do too badly. he's he's a he's badly. a stud he's still only 28 but yes. whatever you can get from him man to i mean he would be a yes. perfect fit you know what I mean? Yes. Yo, hundred <laughs> percent. And I know people, a lot of fans out there will put out. That's fine. It's fine. They'll put out. Be, be, the, be, had, the scorn, this, be the scorn lover from last year. Yeah. The, 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 there's two. There's two types of Browns fans that don't want Clowney. Number one, oh, she hurt my feelings last year <laughs> and didn't pick my team, so I don't want you now. Uh, I I imagine that's how they talk. And then two. They're like, oh, he's only had this many sacks in his entire career. <laughs> Look at Miles Garrett. He's already had that in two years. 
All right, guys, listen. Sacks, are they important? Sure. Are they an overrated stat? Definitely. Um, Sacks are not the end-all, be-all for an edge rusher. Um, He is excellent against the run. He gets his – and I've learned this over the last few years too, and this is kind of – now I get it. I'm not full analytic guy, but some of the stuff that PFF does is good. Like, I love how PFF evaluates quarterbacks. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, but one, one of the analytical stats are pressures. Right. Uh, your pressure percentage. Because that's, to me, just as – it's more important than an actual sack. Like, take, um, take uh, the Taki-Taki interception against Carson Wentz last year. Okay. Who – what caused that play? It was it Denzel a, Ward coming off the edge and the pressure, pressure. Rate of everybody else. Pressure, correct. Now, does that show up in the stat sheet? No, no. Now, let me ask you this. Would you rather Denzel or whoever else just get the sack or get the pressure to cause the turnover, which then turned into a pick six? Of course you're going to take the pick of six. Of course, so yeah. Stuff like that. When people disregard the pressure rate, they're just not thinking about it fully and clearly of course it matters and of course it's important it's plays like that it just there's this so happens there's not a stat sheet for it (laughs) it doesn't pop up in the box store because i mean at the end of the day that was the easiest interception taki taki's gonna have the rest of his fucking life it's probably the easiest one he's ever had (laughs) and but it was caused by pressure and that's what Clowney does well Clowney is is good at getting pressure he's good at setting the edge and setting the edge and stopping the run and he's good at it he always has been he he's a he's a people i think people just they they saw that highlight espn highlight from him when he was coming out of college they thought he was going to be this 20 years 20 sacks a year freak and he still is kind of a freakish player he's just not the type of player that i think a lot of people thought he was going to be he does other things and here's the thing you put that dude who I'm telling y'all, he's super, he's still very talented. You put him on the other side of Miles Garrett, that's just gonna help out Clowney even more. And then then you know what? His sack numbers are probably gonna go up, and all those sack hungry stat motherfuckers will be happy because his sacks numbers probably will go up playing next to Miles. Of course they will. He's gonna get more than two or three sacks playing next to Miles Garrett. It's just gonna happen. Yeah, but then are people gonna say that Miles Garrett is overrated then because he doesn't have the sack oh, numbers? Oh God, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, I mean, even uh, how many sacks did uh, Olivier Vernon end up with? Like eight or nine, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's Some crazy, point. you know, talking about Olivier Vernon. We never saw peak Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett on the field at the same time for two years. No, we never did. Sadly, that's a, that's a good point. I never thought of that. You're right. And which is why I'm all for hey, whether it was JJ Watt, whether it was um. You know, if, if, if you can get Clowney, if you get Justin Houston, if you get Melvin, Melvin Ingram, I mean, uh, to me, it, it really doesn't matter. Just get – we need another um, pass rusher, a veteran pass rusher, if, if yeah. you're not going to go out and get another uh, uh, corner. Um, kind of talking about some pass rushers in, in free agency, did you expect guys like Lawson and Trey Hendrickson and Bud Dupree hmm. get the amount of money that they, that they got? Um, I guess I shouldn't – because those are all guys uh, well, that the Browns were linked to, right? Yeah, no, for sure. At the end of the day, pass rushers, they're kind of 
the quarterbacks of the defense in the in the sense of their pay scale. I mean, you know, edge rushers, shut down corner, elite shut down corners, and elite safeties get paid hef- heavily. And edge rushers, there's just you know, it's an important thing. So no, I I, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, I really did really really want Lawson a lot, um, but I'm I would have rather had. Johnson and Hill than just Lawson if that's what it came down to I guess is what I'm saying that's that's um, exactly how I kind of think of it too yeah. you know they're, they're both the same price that's what a combined 16 million to be able to get yes what Johnson I mean Johnson's cap hit is only like 8 million this year uh, uh, Troy Hill's I like know. four you know uh, Anthony Walker's it's like four ins- so ins- they've really got all those guys for for the price of one player if you want to put it that way I know and the way, the way that Andrew Barry and his team are structuring these contracts, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, I mean, it really is kind of cap manipulation. It is. People don't like that term, but it's a fucking thing, man. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. And it's, it's these freaking Harvard Ivy League GMs that are just changing the game, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's money ball and football now. It know? is. It is. It's money, ball, and football, correct? So talking about the offseason and in the NFL in general, uh, do you have a couple winners of the offseason and a couple losers? I, I would say, obviously, the Browns are in the win category. Yeah, I, I would definitely put the Browns in there. You know what team actually surprised me? They made some pretty solid moves was the Washington football team. Yeah. They actually, they actually did. Um, Washington was definitely one. Obviously, um, Tampa bringing back all 22 starters, which is just – yeah, that's incredible. Again, cap manipulation. Yep. Um, what the and then in New Orleans, I don't know how that where <laughs> every they year getting all this money every year. What they're, the fuck? They're in cap some hell. Magic, then, some black magic. Yeah, every year they're in cap hell, and then it's like, well, we're gonna release this aging tight end and and this you know backup yes. right guard, and next thing you know, it's just like, hey, we're we're back, baby. Mm-hmm. I think I know. I think another team that just has had a really great offense and got it or offense off season. And they've really built their Jesus. I mean, they've got 36 first round picks over the next two or three years. The dolphins, man, yeah, they're doing work too. Gosh, there's some smart GMs in the NFL right now. I swear. It's crazy. Do you like some of these? I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I hope the kid works out. I hope he does. Um, I just, you know, as a, just a, you know, I'm no expert by any means. I like right. Christian Eckenberg. Right. Um, but <laughs> you also like Deshaun Watson though. I did a lot. He was my favorite quarterback out of that draft. He wasn't the best, but to be fair, Patrick Mahomes is the best out of that draft. But we, I think I would say Deshaun was second, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, Tua was good in college. He was, yeah. he really truly, he really truly was. I think he can be a special player, but it's. It, it, I think. It, I think he's the type of. I think it's going to take him a. It might take him a little longer than most. I think it may. Um, whether they stick it out that long, because there's already been trade rumor after trade rumor linked to him, and he's only. You know, he's just joined the goddamn league. So, right. um, I, I'm rooting for the case. By all accounts, everything I've read uh, seemed like a nice kid. I always thought that about Sean Watson too, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you know, um, I'm rooting for the kid. 
I, that's for sure. But I, I love what they're doing in Miami. Yeah. I love what they're doing, obviously, yeah. Anybody with, a, you know, a half a brain could notice that. Yeah, that's, that was a generic. You know, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I tell you, that Miami Dolphins, man, they're doing a hell of a job. They're, they're just picking up. They got all them picks. They got all them picks, man. I like my picks. They got all them picks. Yeah. What about uh, Sam Darnold going to Carolina just, what, yesterday? Yeah. You mean the guy that I wanted to take in you, yeah. the 20th I did too. Draft. I did too. My, yeah. my two guys were Darnold yeah. and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I'm just happy for Sam Darnold. He got the fuck out of there because he gets a fresh start and they got a new regime coming in anyway. They're going to take their quarterback at two. So it, 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 it's a win-win for everyone. I hope the Jets can turn around. And I have some friends that are Jets fans, and I know they've been sick over the last few years. But, you know, I'm just glad he got another opportunity. I hope it works out for him. It does. I do. Do you have a couple of losers of the uh, offseason? It's got to be Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> Losing almost their entire team. Yeah, Pittsburgh for sure. And honestly, I, I don't. And Houston, I guess. <laughs> Houston? And even Jacksonville, man, they they gave out some dollar amounts to a few players that was just very head scratching. And I love Urban Meyer, the football coach. I loved him at Ohio State. He's from my hometown of Ashtabula. I don't know if he's going to translate, man. Yeah, I don't know. know. I'm starting to doubt. <laughs> I'm. It's just why Jacksonville. I don't didn't it's that shock of, you? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money in Florida, and he's comfortable in Florida. We all know yeah, that. It's a yeah, that's true. But yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna work. Mm. Over yeah. over under two years. Full seasons. Push. Just two seasons? Yeah. Health issues? Yeah, and he wants to spend more time with the family. The family. <laughs> God-fearing family man. Yeah. Retires in, in it, Florida. That's, that's a his wife's a beauty. Holy God. She's an interesting character, isn't she? Oh my. Whoo. Wonder who she voted for. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> somebody, somebody from Urban's PR team's got to fucking tackle that woman. For God's sakes, fucking take her phone away. Something. Yeah, I know. I know you're a proponent of tweeting it out, but like tweeting through it. But yeah, no, no, not when I'm the wife of Urban Meyer. No. And and, and a uh, some type of teacher at Ohio State. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Big, big oof. Big oof. Oof. Bad. Very my bad, kid. Yeah, very bad. Uh, my last Browns question or NFL sure. question. Sure. I, I play this game, sign, tag, and yeet. Yeet <laughs> is you just, they're off the team. You could trade them, but they're no longer with the Browns. And it's between okay. these three players, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, and Wyatt Teller. Who are you signing long-term? Who are you going, who are you going to tag with the franchise Ooh. tag? And who are you getting rid of, whether it's a trade, whether it's, you know, they're just not on the Browns anymore. You can't pay the, this one player. Okay. Mm, that's a tough one. Sign tag yeet. Um, all right. I'm I'm signing Nick Chubb 
I can't believe I'm saying this because running backs just, you know, they're, they're see. Kinda, oh, here's the thing. Everybody says they don't matter, but they're getting paid. Aaron's they are getting paid. Eric Henry's getting paid. Elvin Kamara's getting paid. But here's the thing. Nick Chubb just isn't any other running back. No, he's, he's an not. elite. He's an elite. He elite. Elite. He does so many things well. His speed, his vision, his ability to make cuts on a dime. Um, I mean, he is an all-around, all-purpose fucking back. I mean, he is just such a great running back. So, and he's still in the prime of his career. Right. And so I'm signing, I'm signing Chubb just because I don't want to see him go. God, this one's tough. Um, I think a lot of people are gonna yeet Ward here because of his injuries, but I am a huge Denzel Ward guy. I just know if that guy can stay healthy, Kay. He's a fucking baller, man. I mean, he is an elite shutdown corner when healthy. I believe that with all my heart. So I'm going to tag Ward, and I'm going to yeet Teller, and I, trust me, I'm not happy about it. Um, I think he's the most underappreciated, underrated player on the Browns. But I do feel like right guard is a lot more easily replaced than corner. There's no doubt. Yeah, I think I think the only the only that's the only reason. That's it. Yeah, the only reason, the only scenario which I disagree with anybody is is eating ward. Elite corners don't grow on trees, whether he's hurt or not. If you if you get thirteen games healthy from him, twelve games. Yes. I mean, that's a significant impact every single year. Agreed. Even at a a crazy amount, a dollar amount, because we know all know how how yeah. expensive quarters are absolutely and teller i love love the dude i mean he's a fucking mauling beast god love that dude but i like i said i i i think i feel you can find right guards in the second round the third right. round or you could um, just develop like he did you know in the fifth round yeah exactly ex- that's what i'm saying like there it's a it's not easy to find good players in any position, but I think it's a lot easier to find it at right an elite. I think it's a lot easier to find a very, very good right guard than it is an elite cornerback. Yes. Oh, one. Well, and yeah. I consider Den- and if people disagree that Denzel's not an elite corner, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. I I want him to stay healthy too. <laughs> I do. Of course I do. But no, I think Denzel. Yeah, I would. So I'm. Signing Chubb, tagging Ward, and yeeting Wyatt Teller. That's actually probably the most cost-efficient way to do it. You know, yeah, I think so. I mean, because the difference between signing Ward to a crazy extension and tagging Nick Chubb, I mean, yeah. on the surface, isn't you know for one year maybe it's cheaper, but for long term, I think you go sure. Plus, you also have the fifth-year option when when it comes to Denzel Ward. Um, absolutely but i think it's just a fun little game i like to play and my last questions and topics the baseball oh jesus fucking and I, christ and i know and i know you've soured on the indians what are, what are your do you have you have predictions for them this year predictions pain lots <laughs> of pain Kay. yeah i mean pain. already already it's been pain it's been pitiful to watch I don't know, man. It's a shit show. Yeah. It, 
I mean, I'm wearing a Cleveland Indians hat as we stand here right now. Um, or sit here, I should say. Um, I don't know, man. You know, you've known me for a long time. Yep. Years. Yep. You know, I've never been a fan of the ownership that being the Dolans. Never I been. I don't think anybody uh, really is. No. And I never bought into their song and dance about restrictions. Because about, you know, basically they're saying we're poor, we're broke. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And my response has always been, then fucking sell. (laughs) If they're taking losses for 20 years, what kind why are you part is still in that business? It makes zero sense. Because they're full of shit, Kay. Of course. They're they're not they're not losing money. Are you telling are you telling me a bunch of lawyers are full of shit? Right? So you know, I've never been a big fan. And fast forward to this year, and I, I appreciate the, the one thing I will give the Dolans is they they put in place really good baseball people, uh, front office guys. Uh, you know, going back to even Shapiro to right. now Antonetti, and 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 you know, they let them do their jobs. However, I can't even applaud them for that anymore because the entire organization covered up supposed sexual harassment allegations. Right. right. So, and then the the team president, God love him, Mr. Antonetti, who I had, I think he's one of the best in baseball. I do. But, I mean, I got him in February lying to me. Right. Look at me. Look at all of us right in the eye and say, hey, yeah, 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 man. It's the craziest thing. We never knew Mickey Calloway was fucking half of Cleveland. Never had a clue. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I said, I mean, that's literally what I said when I, I was watching. I went, bullshit. Like, literally, it's been an ongoing joke between Indians fans and Indians Twitter for, like, years that mm-hmm. Mickey was fucking everyone. Um, so, for, with all that going on, then the name change stuff, which I'm okay with the name change, but th- let's fucking do it. Like, yeah. what do we, like, what do we do? Like, wh- just the way they're handling that. Like, now th- they just came out and said this it might not happen for life. yeah, it might not happen for another two three years. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? What is yeah. what? Like, what is going on? The only thing that I can think of that makes sense why they're waiting is maybe in case they sell and they want the new ownership to have the right to name the fucking team, whatever they want. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I've never, I've just never enjoyed the Dolans. I appreciate them, what they've done for the city of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I know they love the city. They do. And you know, they're from there and all that. I'm pretty sure they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They're from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the only reason why they, they still have it is like they're, I think they're legitimately yeah. afraid that whoever they sell to, they're going to move the team. But couldn't you put language in that deal that you can't move it? Well, I think there's, I think there's law in Ohio that if they buy a team that they can't move it, it's literally yeah. like an Art Modell law that they passed right. in the 90s. <laughs> so I don't know. All, they're a mess. They're a mess. Right. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be good this year. I'm not, and it has nothing to do with any game that's played this year. I thought this before even a single pitch was thrown. Um, 
I've predicted the win 72 games this year. Um, no more than 75. I don't, I just do not see this ball clubs winning more than 75 games. Um, the lineup you have, you're, it's very top heavy. Um, you've got some good hitters in the top five or six, um, but you also got question marks in the top five or six. Uh, yeah. I mean, just inconsistencies. Yeah. I mean, we had Jordan Lupo leading and, off and some fucking dude off the streets named Ben, uh, ben Gamble. Gumby, yeah. Gamble, 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 Ben doesn't matter. You ain't going to be here long next year anyway. Yeah. Um, leading off. So it's like, like, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? And then, you know, Cesar Hernandez, he's a fine player, but it's not like he's, you know, is he an all-star caliber player? I don't think so. I think he's a very average ball player who does some things well and strikes way far, strikes out far too much for a second baseman two-hole hitter. Um, and then you got J-Ram, which I yeah. obviously love. Um, I like Rosario. I do. I like his stick. He's not an average guy, but he's got some pop. And I, I've always liked his game. He's always killed the fucking Indians. Um, and Framil, I like. I like Framil. I do. I think he could. He could be. He could develop into a 30, 35, 40, Dare I say, hopefully a forty home run guy, but at least a thirty home run guy. I think. I mean, he was hitting uh, thirty home runs at Peco Park. Yeah. So you know, I, where he can do it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I, I yeah. I, I like Framil Reyes. I do. Um, but outside there, of that, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, I mean, Naylor question mark. I mean, people can say, Oh, what about Naylor? I love him. Sure. He's only he, had 300 at bats in his dude. He's, you don't fucking know what you're getting is my point. So pretty much from Naylor on of that lineup, it's not very good. K. And then not to mention, you got a fucking one of two scrubs leading off. So the bullpen is great. Love the bullpen. I think it's going to be one of the better in baseball, but they might not be because I think they're going to fucking run out of gas because Tito's going to have to use them so much. Um, as far as the rotation goes, I'm not sold on the rotation like a lot of fans. I'm not. Uh, obviously, Bieber's going to be Bieber. I like Polisak. But after that, I don't know, man. Is Savali going to be more than anything than a, than a decent third or fourth starter in his career? Do you think he's going to elevate anything past that? I personally don't. If he does, I'd love to see it. But if he can be solid and consistent, that's going to help. But after that, yeah, I love McKenzie too, but he's just a kid, man. He's just a kid. What a kid coming off of injuries just yes. years ago. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that they got to bring along and stretch him out for – Absolutely. You can't but. just fucking just be bringing out this kid. He's not going to be coming out ready to roar seven innings per start. Fuck no. He'll be, he'll be gassed out by July. And that's the same so, thing with Logan Allen and, and Cal Quantrill. It, they use him. Exactly. So, to me, I'm not even sold on the rotation as a whole because there's just a lot of question marks. You don't know. Like, uh, these young kids like McKenzie and Allen, like, are they going to run out of – even Savali, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't, I think they're going to be a very mediocre ball club this year. And dare I say, probably a little bit below average in my opinion. Um, I actually, what's funny about this is I actually know more about baseball. Like the, I guess there's really not schematics in baseball, but uh, strategy. The, the, the ins and outs. Yes. I know more about the ins and outs of baseball than I even do football. Um, like I know my get, I know my A yap, my B yap, my C yap shit, but like uh, it's kind of basic. It's a little dumbed down for me for football, but uh, baseball is a sport that I definitely am most knowledgeable about. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know, man. I, I just, I hope I'm wrong. I'd yeah. love to be, right. but I am. The, I tweeted out opening day, and I tweeted something to the effect of, "I always looked forward to opening day almost as like a Christmas morning," and I just this ownership has just conditioned me not to care. You found and, out Santa Claus wasn't real. Yes, exactly exactly and that's how it feels like i think like all these indians defenders and these dolan defenders their only comeback for all these years been oh you know but they got their top-notch organization uh the blueprint of baseball and now you can't even hang your head on that anymore can't even say that now after all this when you got the president lying to everyone about that he didn't know about the mickey mickey calloway's horny ass dick and then, you know, it's like, so they, they can't even hang their head on that anymore. Yeah, I just look forward to the day that, that and, I, and I, it's nothing personal against Mr. Dolan. I'm sure he's a fine gentleman. Just Polly, Paul, listen, cash in that $1.2 billion check, baby. Come on, triple, quadruple that investment right now. Yeah, I mean, what, get out of here. They bought the team There's no for reason to be broke. Million? 300 million. Yeah. He gets, the, the, uh, Forbes has this at worth of, I think the last time I checked, it was close to 1.2 billion or some shit. Yeah. One, yeah. So, Polly, sell the team. Do it. I beg you. And then uh, that's, that's kind of where I am in with the Indians, man. I, I, I listen, I've listened to Hammy every game, uh, you know, for most of the games so far this season. I definitely don't. It's not that I'm like any less of a fan. I still I love the Indians as much as the Browns. Of course. It it, it it's just man, I I've just been conditioned to care, and I, I see a, a Browns team and an organization doing what they're doing. Yeah, they're on the rise. Which it's just weird to, that we're in this weird universe that this dimension that the Browns are really good and that the Indians might be this piece of shit organization. That and I I tweeted it out too uh, when all that. When, at, when the athletic came out with those allegations, I said, in a stunning turn of events, the Cleveland Indians are now the worst run organization in Cleveland. And, and that's crazy to even think about. It's crazy to think about a year ago, even a year ago, I said, no, no way. Even me, who doesn't yeah. even like the Dolphins. Right, it's right. not that I don't like them. I just don't like how they run their baseball team. Right. Um, and I don't like that you lie to me that you're losing money. You're not losing money. Shut the fuck up. Um, flash forward to now. It's a fact. I don't – it's a fact. Dan, you know, you got Dan and the Cavs. Cavs, Dan. He won a title. And, you know, they're maybe building something there. I don't know. It, I mean, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, we it sold – It doesn't matter. We sold our, our soul for that championship, so – Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We sold our goddamn souls for it. <laughs> it happened. So, that it means – people go, oh, sorry, you won a title – motherfucker do you know how long it went we went fucking half a century without a title we're just gonna disregard it get the fuck out of here so yeah it's in my very humble opinion based off these allegations and all that and all how they're handling this team name change um and look i'm not against the team name change i just want to make that very clear i i'm okay with it it's fine if it offends people whatever and you know if it if people are pissed about it you know i, I understand that's why they fucking hate it <laughs> they didn't come from india all right so um they don't like being called indians that's why so it's like you know i don't know it's 
it is what it is, and I just am very, very, very disappointed in the state of the Indians because I think I think okay, sadly, while I'm predicting 72 wins, max 75, if things don't go well, it could be a long summer. <laughs> it could get even worse. Yeah. Like the wheels could really because here's what I, I I told some mutual friends of ours this that if those wheels do start to fall off, oh, it's gonna be a fucking spring summer sale and fucking <laughs> on the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. <laughs> Let me tell you, J Ram, bye-bye. See ya. He gone. Yeah. He yeah. the first one. I'm gonna make that. that's a bold prediction I have for you. Yeah, that's I, I wouldn't I mean, at this point, with that organization, nothing would surprise me. Uh, Last two questions, just baseball in general question. Uh, Lindor, obviously, we trade him to the Mets. He signed his big deal. Um, Yeah. If you you had to build your team around one of these top young shortstops, who would it be? Lindor, Tatis, Corey Seager, Tim Anderson. Mm. Probably Tatis, but Lindor would be a close second. I really like Frankie. Or Francisco, sorry, sorry, Frank. Oh yeah, Francisco. Francisco. Sorry, bud. Um, probably Tatis Jr. because I just love his game. Um, and not that I, and I also love, I, I love Lindor's game because you know, I, I switch one, hitter, switch hitter. Who's let's face it, he's a really, really, really damn good defensive shortstop. Oh yeah, he I really, don't think I, I don't think anybody is disregarding that. No, I mean he is, and he's got a got a great arm, uh, some good range. Uh, gets rid of the ball quickly, smooth. Um, probably Tatis Jr. though. Or is there a team that you're really high on? Do you have like a sleeper team for this year that you think they're gonna? A sleeper team. Hmm, that's a good question. A sleeper team. I think the Cardinals are gonna be a lot better than people think, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on Nolan Arenado. Like, um, I'll tell you, I just did a couple of fantasy drafts. He dropped like super far in his draft. I mean, he's usually a top 10, 12, top 12 pick. Mm-hmm. He dropped, dropped to the third, fourth round. Um, really? Yes. Um, That's he did crazy. Not have, he did not have a good season last year, but I'm, and, and also I think people, because he's leaving Coors yeah. as well. Um, and then, but, well, his splits, it's like, well, when your splits are, are 340 at Coors, like, of course, there's going to be a drastic change, yeah. even if it's 270 nah. on the road. No one Arenado's an all time great third baseman i don't right. care anyway so he's right. one of the best third baseman in the last 20 years does right. an all-around ball player so i i don't i would i think st louis is going to be better than people think i do i i, I would say st louis i think they should surprise some people yeah you want to talk about an organization that's like what we thought the indians were i mean they yes. are the the class of absolutely of basically the class of baseball they're always consistent absolutely you know what you're gonna they're gonna have with them uh world series predictions to wrap this up God, the Dodgers are just good, man. They're so good. They're so good. Top to bottom, bullpen, lineup, starting rotation, all of it. Their starting rotation is seven deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 sick. So I I, I got to go with my my uh, Lois. If I have a second favorite team in baseball, I don't. I'm just not that guy. But I have a lot of. I, I lived in LA for a lot of years, and I have a lot of close, close friends of mine that are diehard Dodger fans. So I always like to see them happy. So, um, but Doyers National League. So Doyers versus people are not going to like this, but um, well, no, I don't want to put them in either. 
Um, man, American League's tough this year because there's some good squads. All right. We always have the Yankees. The Rays are always competitive. Fuck it. I still love. I still love their team, and this I'm going to take a little shot in the dark. And I know a lot of I don't want to see them make it, but I'm going to say Dodgers, Astros. I'm going to I'm going to go. To, I'm going to put the Astros. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to put the Astros. There. The Astros. I'm telling you, people. Just, I look. They're 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 scum of the earth for what they did. Right. There's no doubt. But cheating or not, I still think Altuve can still stick. I still think Alex Bregman's a good hitter, and I still love their rotation. So. And their bullpen's pretty good too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go on a limb and say the Astros. Sure, why not? That would be a fun. Event. It would. I kind of just want to see it for that theater. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rematch of of those two. Yes. The, yes. Everything opening back up in in October. You get Ex- crazy Dodger fans at Dodger Stadium against. Yes, Houston. dude, they're gonna go right on the field and shank Altuve <laughs> right on the field. Those maniacs. Dude, that would be incredible, dude. You know, you kind of sold me on that. I'll be yeah. honest with you. You, yeah. you kind of did just sell me on that. Yeah. E- easy answer could have been the Dodgers, Yankees, Yankees but nah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to be a little crazy with it. Yeah. No, I do. I, I like that. I like it for the, I, I enjoy chaos, you know? Yes. And that's the only reason I, yeah, yeah I want to <laughs> see it. And I want to see the Doyers sweep them and beat them into the ground. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. Yes. Just, I, I know. I know some people around here don't like Trevor Bauer, but. Trevor Bauer against Houston. Oh yeah, I think that would be. That, I mean, that's another whole other storyline. Oh, that'd be funny. It would be funny. Well, Andy, we went pretty long. How long was this, dude? This is like an hour and a half. Oh, perfect. That's fine. So, um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. So, if you awesome. want to shout out your uh, your twitters and and your podcasts and all that fun stuff. Please yeah, do. yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Cleves underscore. That's Andy C L E V E S underscore. And my podcast is not the same old Browns podcast. This is different. Uh, you can follow that at Not Same Browns on Twitter. And if you're listening by a chance that you're a horror movie fan, Cleveland sports have always been my biggest passion. But I'm a huge film and movie buff, especially horror. I actually have a horror podcast called Dead in Santa Carla. You can follow that at Dead and SC Podcast. But if you look at the bio of my Twitter, Andy Cleves underscore, I'll have the uh, links to um, bo- both of my podcasts, not the same old Browns podcast and the Dead and Santa Carla podcast. And that's it. Thanks for having me, Kay. I okay. love you, friend. Well, thank you for taking time out Absolutely. of your evening and, and coming on Crunch Time with Caitlin. Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait until the Browns win the Super Bowl, and I'm just going to play. There's two videos I'm going to replay over and over. It's the Super Bowl Super Browns and you yelling, it's not the same old Browns. It's different. <laughs> two iconic <sighs> things that should be just the, – the, should be over the airs of, of Cleveland Airways <laughs> when the Browns finally get it done. You know, I, I'm just I, – I, I know a lot of – it's circulated over the years that video of me and i'm honestly it comes back to me why i even podcast or do content creation in the, in the first place is i just like to make people laugh entertain people and i'm i i know that that has made a lot of people laugh over the years and that makes me feel good it does and i think that's a great place to end 
You can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin O'Sealy. That is Caitlin K A T E L A N O's K N O W S C L E. Also, I have two other podcasts: Time of Possession and Lead Off Talk, a baseball podcast. You can find those wherever you listen to your to your podcast. Also, I joined Dogland, so be sure to yeah check that out. Congrats on that, Caitlin. Articles uh, coming soon within the next couple of days, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Article one is going to be uh, the top five day three draft picks since '99. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, so it's. it's I like really it. Fun. So, as always, friends, take it easy.